0: Have you heard the term concierge medicine and wondered exactly what that means? In short, it's the answer to the question Isn't there a better solution to my healthcare? Concierge medicine means virtually no waiting for your doctor. It means 24 7 access to physician care. It means truly individualized healthcare, all at a cost that's lower than you might expect. See pricing and learn more at PartnerMD.com. It's better healthcare for an even better you. Hey sis, are you facetiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match is my Is that sh- my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces, outstanding prices.
1: Hey, how's it going? <sighs> all right hello everyone 86 boxing baby the podcast back at it once again joshua here have a little bit of boxing news i wanted to discuss of course i'm by myself today but i'm gonna get someone else back in the mix back on this thing here very soon just know that um big weekend in boxing this past weekend. We had Manny Pacquiao taking on your Dennis Ugas in the major pay-per-view fight of the weekend. This took place via Fox pay-per-view. I know they showed it on Sky Sports, all that good stuff, but it's a welterweight contest. It was for Ugas's WBA title. I think it's the regular one. I could be wrong on that, but uh, I think it's the regular WBA title. They have a Bunch of different variations and all that stuff to include supers and etc. cetera, et cetera. But Pacquiao previously had it. I guess it was stripped or, or something of that nature. I think he had gotten it from Keith Derman, so on and so forth. But basically, Ugas was the one who was elevated to champion, I guess, prior uh, to this fight, or a little bit prior to this fight. And uh, so the two went down. The two had a showdown. This took place at T-Bo- T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Now it was originally supposed to be Errol Spence taking on Manny Pacquiao, which would have been more exciting as far as the build up. And we got a ton of the build up actually up until about two weeks. But Pacquiao, or rather Errol Spence, ended up having a torn retina in his I want to say right eye, and so that fight ended up not going down. And he opted to have surgery, but I think he was. Essentially, he had to have surgery because of the doctor's recommendation. So, Ugas, who was on that same card and was going to be featured on the undercard, or I believe probably even the co-main event, was bumped up and elevated. And Ugas' original opponent, forget the name, ended up having some eye injury as well. Coincidence? Who knows? But, uh, and it ended up being a contest between the two. And this fight, it actually delivered. I myself, you know, I question whether the fight would actually deliver in the same manner as Pacquiao versus Spence because it just had so much intrigue to it, Pacquiao being the wily vet who's still able to move, who still has some power. That speed seems to be still very good, Um, great footwork. And I wanted to see how he matched up against Errol Spence, this young, hard-punching, technical boxer who, when he lets loose, He can really hurt an opponent, Uh, and and Spence, of course, is regarded as the top welterweight in the world. Pacquiao has been in that mix for the better part of the last uh, decade, I guess you can say. And so it made sense that uh, this would be sort of that farewell curtain call fight for Pacquiao if he actually lost, um, which I had predicted Spence would uh, actually win that fight, I thought maybe via decision. But were Pacquiao to have won that fight, it would have elevated it, him to a new status. But he still built up a record in cachet just from the stuff he's done in the past that he's a legend of the sport regardless. Now, this Pacquiao-Ugas fight delivered. It was actually exciting. You actually saw both of the guys going in there and actually throwing punches. Ugas is a more patient fighter. He has sort of that cuffing guard position that he uh, that he – typically uh, boxes out of, uh, this high guard, and uh, he's a very patient fighter. He's a Cuban, and a lot of Cuban fighters, given the amateur system and all that stuff, they are very patient. They really center on accuracy. So at times, that could mean they'll go several seconds without throwing punches. And Ugas has been that way in the past in some fights where he didn't throw as many punches. But I would say in this fight, he really keyed in on Pacquiao's charging, as Pacquiao typically does. When he's ready to set off a combination, he usually steps in, throws a couple of hooks, and Ugas was able to key in on that and use the jab effectively to kind of stave him off and keep him back. And not only that... Ugas made sure with accuracy that he could land his overhand right. And he kept whipping that thing in on a regular basis throughout the night. I think that was the difference in the fight. Pacquiao had no means for stopping that overhand right or looping right from Ugas. And Ugas saw that he was having so much uh, success with it that he kept doing it the entire night. And you could see round after round. He just kept looping that thing in. And he was landing for the most part. Uh, he had very good accuracy. I know at one point he was he was landing forty plus percent of his punches, and uh, if you're landing like that, in any case, then you're all, you're in all likelihood in control of a fight and going to win a fight, uh, given the circumstances. Now Pacquiao was out throwing him, but he wasn't landing as much. And Pacquiao, you, 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 the majority of you have already seen Pacquiao on numerous occasions, so. You know what he brings to the table, and the question was whether at 42 years of age he would have slowed down or you would see some sort of, I guess you can say some slippage in in a sense uh, as far as his uh, skills or reflexes, all that good stuff. And I will say he looked probably as effective as he's looked in his last several fights. I didn't really see any direct slippage. Uh, from that standpoint, as far as speed, as far as his ability to lane, he was, he was able to bust up or, or really swell up uh, Ugas's face. And Pacquiao's footwork and all that seemed to be there, uh, better than the average 42-year-old. So I think this came down to a matter of Ugas, uh, he was always going to be a tough boxer. or Because of his technical ability, he was always going to be a tough outing for Pacquiao. And if you look at a lot of Pacquiao's losses, they were typically to guys who were technically a bit more sound, fundamentally a bit more sound. They boxed in that sort of traditional fundamental manner. manner. They didn't go out of their way to try and brawl or anything of that nature. They were truly truly patient. They utilized the jab, which was key for Ugas. And, And they really played into uh pacquiao's disadvantages and when pacquiao didn't have the opportunity to really get into those exchanges that allow for him to truly hurt blue then he essentially fell behind on the cards and i actually uh, i scored the fight and i only had pacquiao winning three rounds and i know that is uh subjective of course uh the scorecards were a little bit closer with 113, 115, 112, 116, twice. Uh, but, yeah, I had it 117, 111. And though that's generally around that ballpark. It all, it all depends. There are a few rounds that you probably could have made an argument for Pacquiao. But I think the latter part of the fight was pretty much all, ooh, gosh, he was just in full control. And before we even got to the championship rounds, I had an inkling and uh, a feeling that Pacquiao wasn't going to be able to muster up anything to change the outcome that late in the fight, just given his history and all that stuff. Now, what does this mean? Well, Ugas is now the guy uh, at one, or at least one of the guys at 147. Uh, it depends on how you value Terrence Crawford having not fought an Ugas or someone of that caliber this, thus far in at the 147-pound division. But that being said, uh, I still view Terrence Crawford as the number one welterweight in the world, and I'm sure some people probably rolled their eyes at that. Errol Spence, I think, is number two. I think if they would have fought, and if they do fight, I'm going to favor Terrence Crawford. Whether or not it happens now, who knows, but... Spence is out with an eye injury. We don't know how he'll look when he comes back from a torn retina. You know, some fighters never fully recover. That being said, Ugas is now the guy with the WBA belt there. Uh, So in all likelihood, a potential Ugas Crawford class could be something defining. That said, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime immediately or anytime soon. Uh, and that's because Terrence Crawford is now slated to face Sean Porter in what should be an excellent clash at 147 pounds, two of the best 147 pounders in the world. The guy regarded as number one, the other guy top five, without a doubt, with one of the best resumes at World to Weight, that being Sean Porter. He's lost some fights, but he's been competitive in each and every fight that he's been in. Uh, and he, those that he's lost, he's super competitive in those and had his moments. Uh, that being said, that fight has gone to purse bid as of today. It is, uh, it is what is it? Let me see what today's date is, actually. I should have told this. August 23rd, okay? August 23rd. But yeah, that fight has gone to purse bid, so we'll see what transpires. Uh, whether it, there's a potential that this fight is not a top-ranked fight, We'll see what Matchroom offers or we'll see what some of the other big promoters offer, but it should be pretty interesting. This is also, if I'm not mistaken, Terrence Crawford's last fight under the top rank contract until a, a renewal or anything of that nature comes about. But this should be his last fight because it's set to expire in October, his current contract, and I haven't seen anything regarding a new one. I think that he may ultimately sign with, PPC, but I could be very much wrong. Who knows? Uh, We'll see for sure. But that's it. That being said, the Pacquiao, or the Spence, no, sorry, the Crawford Porter fight should be one that delivers, and I'm looking forward to checking that one out in any way I can. Excuse me, depending on where it's held, you know, might actually try to go check it out in person. We'll see, though. But back to Uga, so he's the man now. The rumors that I've heard, and this was really from what I've seen online and I heard people chattering about, uh, basically is that uh, the winner of the winner of a proposed uh, Jamal James and I can't think of his first name it was a Russian fighter last name Bootev, These are two welterweights. Uh, the winner of that fight could ultimately face Ugas, and I think that would be a good fight as well. Depending on who wins, I think Bootev will win. He's a very tough. Tough customer uh, at 147. He only he had a loss to Alexander Vesputin, but that was regarded as a no-con check or, or changed to a no-contest, but because Putin ended up uh, popping on a test for some illegal or banned substance. Um, but Bootev is uh, pretty nice. If you haven't seen him, definitely check him out. Russian fighter. At the, send a message really quick but anyway uh so we'll see if ugas takes on the winner of that fight and if he does and it's buhatev as i suspect i think that's going to be a real tough one for him i think it's going to be a challenge buhatev is super solid he's strong he can box but uh, and he's also very durable from what i've seen thus far now ugas does have the ability to potentially give him fits just fundamentally with his skill set um, which I, I would say Ugas may be a little bit more uh, polished, but would have. Is that is certainly skilled, and I think he's a scary customer for anyone at 147 pounds. But uh, basically, yeah, that's, this is basically shaking up the 147-pound division in some sense. Many thought Pacquiao was going to win going in, myself included, and, hey, things have changed. Now we're mulling whether Pacquiao will actually retire. If he ultimately does, uh, hey, his career is already cemented. If he does come back, nothing he can do will really derail what he's done. So we'll see. A lot of people are saying he should retire, and I'm sure he's going to weigh his options. He's a senator now, and then there's been talk of him potentially being or running for president. So I'm sure that could really alter things should that actually take place. So we'll see what happens with him. Uh, but that being said, 147 is very, very interesting. In addition to those fighters mentioned, we still have some of the other guys that are out there. Keith Thurman, that's someone whose name has been tossed around as a potential Ugas opponent. Thurman, uh, of course, lost to Pacquiao, and it was a close fight at times, uh, but it'd be interesting to see how Thurman does with the likes of Ugas. uh, And when Thurman has been in there with the top level guys, if he's won. Uh, he was usually able to be a little bit more busier and more accurate in those fights. So he is battle tested. He just hasn't fought that much over the last few years. Uh, some of that injury and some of that, who knows? You know, the uh, life, I guess you can say. So it'll be interesting if that that happens next as well. Uh, also, you have guys like Danny Garcia. He is coming off of a run of losses. But we'll see, guys. I want to see up in the mix, which they probably aren't, uh, because of financial and then implications, all that. Financial implications, as well as sort of popularity or where you want them to be, is there are guys like uh, Jeron Boots Ennis, who I think has the potential to be the class of the division here within the next couple of years. Also, Virgil Ortiz Jr., who I think. It's another one of those guys who's going to be right up there in the mix. and It is a dangerous fight for any of the current 147-pounders, Crawford included. I think Crawford is number one, but I think that a fight with Ennis, that would be a a pretty dangerous fight, uh, as well as uh, Virgil Ortiz. That's just in my opinion. Now, I would favor Crawford probably in both of those fights, but I do think that they would be more competitive than uh, some may think. That being said... Uh, some may consider them, those two to be a couple of years away from being on that level, even though they're pretty much beating on the door right now. Uh, So ultimately, I don't know what's going to actually happen. I'm going to be sitting back and checking it out just as you are. But I did want to talk about that fight. And of course, I'm going to dive into more. A little bit later on i'm going to try and set up a couple other things we're having some discussions on some of these fights that have happened over the last week or so boxing's been doing good despite what they're saying hey we're getting a lot of competitive fights out there we want to see more uh you know we have uh wilder versus fury coming up etc so wilder fury three that is so we'll see what's in store but 147 pounds It's very, very, it has been, and it continues to be very, very interesting. So I'm looking forward to what's in store for that. So that division as a whole, this was something quick. You have a good rest of your day. Thanks for checking it out. 86 Boxing Podcast. Check us out on everything. As always mentioned, have a good one. The
0: future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.